Welcome to Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam, a podcast about navigating adolescence without losing our minds. Each week, I guide you around the teenage landmines with practical tips, simple solutions, and words of encouragement. I'm your host, Dr. Cam. Let's get on with the show. within our current hyper-competitive culture and uncertain landscape, this episode is for you. Today, I'm joined by Cindy Muchneck, educational consultant and author of The Parent Compass, navigating your teen's wellness and academic journey in today's competitive world, which, by the way, Katie Couric selected as one of the top 11 fall parenting reads. Cindy is going to show us how we can best support our teens without having to frantically tutor, manage, and helicopter them which of course is exhausting to both us and our kids. Welcome, Cindy. Thank you for joining us today. <laughs> Thank you so much for the nice welcome, Dr. Cam. Do you like me to call you Dr. Cam? Yeah, is that's that... fine. Okay, yep. it's, that's it's great. great to finally meet you. I have followed you and your wonderful content for a long time. Oh, so it's nice thanks. to have an opportunity to be together. That is wonderful. So give us a quick backstory. What inspired you to write The Parent Compass? Right. So um, I co-authored The Parent Compass with Jen Curtis, and both of us had been in the careers of being independent educational consultants, also called private college counselors, for, gosh, 30, over 30 years combined. Um, I, I'm a bit older than Jen by about 10 years, but Jen is still full-fledged college counseling, and I am pretty much retired. Um, I've raised four teenagers of my own. I am almost done with my final teen. I'm kind of getting each one out the door. 24, 21, 18, and 16. So I'm getting there. So, so the, the book is really written, um, from the perspective of the lens of college counselors who have worked with teenagers for all these years. And we feel like we have the finger on the pulse of what they're going through. And they share a lot with us in these meetings and what happened in March of 2019 that blasted across our headlines was Wait, the college admission. In March 2019? <laughs> <laughs> the college admission scandal showed us how naughty yes. and how much parents were going nuts, so breaking yeah. the law and just, you know, basically telling their kids, we don't think you're good enough and you can't do this on your own. And therefore we're gonna, you know, line our line pockets in ways to get you into colleges. And if you don't know about it, just Google Operation Varsity Blues. But if oh, you do, yeah. the goal of the book was really to teach parents who have kind of gotten a little bit off track how to better behave. And it started as really an etiquette book. And then it really evolved into sort of a book of parents being asked to look inward and examine their whole background as, you know, what kind of student they were, how they were parented how they were brought up, their own personal baggage and lens, and then how to better parent each of their individual teens. Because as we know, we have to kind of try different skills and um, use different tools with different kids to pace, depending on how they communicate, et cetera. So we wrote the Parent Compass as a way for parents to check themselves, a way for us to find our true north and do a better job by our kids and by ourselves too. Yeah. Cindy, I'm glad that you've covered this because I think this is one of the most difficult things for a lot of the parents I've worked with and I've talked to and just in general that I've observed. So this is pretty wide scope. This is hard for us to 
to accept because it goes against what everything in society and on Facebook is telling us because everything now has become about the grade. And I would say the number one reason my the kids that I talk to, again, not just in my practice, but in general, the number one thing that they say is causing them anxiety and stress is the pressure that's put on them about grades. And they tell me, all my parents care about are my grades. I know that's not the truth. However, how we interact with them is sending that message. So that's right. How do we weigh this just super strong feeling and need for our kids to excel in school? How, yeah. how do we, how do we, so, so let, yeah. So, first of all, that's a great comment that you made. And honestly, when you say it sort of goes against every you know, nerve in our bodies. I think that even uh, extends to the fact that when we are doing things for our kids or when we are feeling like we're managing or directing our kids, where that comes from is a place of love, a place of fierce, deep love. However, that pressure that we're adding on, that micromanaging, that intensity when we ask how they did on things and we measure them also based on these grades that that colleges you know seem to be measuring them on as one of the categories we are doing the greatest disservice to our kids and to our relationship with them and to ourselves and what you said is it's scary it's kind of scary for parents to do this in order to follow your parent compass you have to be brave you have to be willing to kind of drown out the noise of the other parents and have your kids drown out the noise of the pressure around them from their fellow teens and their teachers and the whole college admission process, which is a pretty flawed and you know frustrating process as well. It so, is. Yeah. yeah. So, so there is a lot that you sort of have to strip away and be willing to give up. And a lot of parents will say, well, at what cost? I mean, it, it, you know, and the cost is your kid's mental health. I mean, if you don't realize that the pressure is there and they're not showing it or exhibiting it, exhibiting it on the surface, it is there. Oh gosh, yeah. Without without any words from you, it's yes. there every day they wake up and go to school. They feel it around them. They see it on the news. They 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 feel this intensity. And as a parent of a kid who has gone through mental health challenges relating to school, relating to yes. social pressures, relating to all of that. I can say from experience, which I couldn't say when I was writing the book. So I'm saying this is pretty recent. Um, I, it is not worth it. It is not worth the, the, the taxing price that this puts on our kids' bodies and minds and, and self feelings of self-worth. Yeah. And in order to really do that, we have to kind of unbreak some of the things we've done. So some of the things we've done have, have been this fixing and this, managing and this directing. And we did a lot of that, you know, up until middle school and before they could do things by themselves, of course, we were doing things for them. And of course we still drive them places and get them to activities and doctor's appointments and all those things. But we have to release yeah. ourselves from that responsibility and try to get these kids to self-advocate and make their own appointments and tell you what they want and tell the doctor how they're feeling. And you know, and, and do those things and navigate this world knowing we're shoulder to shoulder, but we're not managing and fixing. Yeah. So, um, so that's sort of one big thing that we can kind of keep in the back of our mind. Like, what is this thing that I'm saying or doing 
how is this affecting my kid right now? And is this in service of them learning to self-advocate? And, and, and is this in service of benefiting their mental health? Yeah. Um, one of the best things we can do is not ask our kids about their grades, to ask them other questions, to get them yes. talking, to ask yes. them about their interests and what was funny that happened yeah. today, or have you heard a good joke, or who did you sit with at lunch, or you know, what's your tennis ball? We have a whole list of great questions to ask mm. teens in our book, because all we know is when our kids get back in the car, or when we pick them up, or when they walk through the door, usually our first question was, how, does, how was school today? And then followed up by, how did that test go? Or how did that presentation go? And, and what they feel like we're asking is, how did you measure? Yeah. What grade you, did you get? Are you achieving what you're supposed it, to be you achieving? achieving? It, yeah. And Instead we jump on them when they're not. That's right. Instead of saying, wow, I remember how much work you put in. I saw how hard you worked on that. And that's what makes me proud. You put so, a lot of effort. Cindy, I'm going to jump in right there because this <laughs> is where parents always, because I, I, this is what I talked with parents and this is where parents always jump in and go, but they weren't trying. That's the whole point. And this is what I keep getting back from parents is, but they're not doing the full effort. And I'm worried that if I don't force them to do put in their effort now, they're going to never learn how to put in the effort. So I have a comeback to that. I want to hear yours. Yeah. Well, what why, my first comeback would be, how do they know? How does the parent know behind the closed door of the student's bedroom where the phone and the social media and, you know, and the distractions are yes, but also where they're connecting with their friends. I mean, we live in a very different world than we did a generation ago. You know, our parents could pick up the landline and be like, it's time to get off the phone now. You know, I'm going to unplug the phone from your room. If you get in trouble, you know, we had right. different, you know, kind of threats and punishments, I guess, a generation ago. Um, but it's interesting because this is a really, I think a generational thing and we can measure where it began. You know, we can have a whole different conversation about social media, which I know you've had on several of your podcasts, mm -hmm. but for parents to feel like their kids aren't putting in enough or doing enough, what is enough? What, when is it enough? It's yeah. never ending. Never enough, so if yeah. they can, if parents can focus on, tell me how things are going and walk me through, you know, what, who are the teachers you like and who are the teachers you're not connecting with? And do you feel like you're learning anything? Tell me something you learned today. Did you learn anything today? You know, not, you know, or how can I support you with yeah. this big long-term project you've told me about, you know, is there, is there anything I can do to support you? Can I bring you snacks? Can we go for a walk around the block when you need to take a break? Um, you know, what, what can I do as a parent to support you in a way that you feel that I'm not pressuring you? And parents can actually say yes. those words. I mean, we can all say, we know we're not perfect. We are at fault at a lot of times. You know, we can undo things we've done by apologizing. It's perfectly okay. And the way we really get parents to kind of understand this is we created a questionnaire in the book, The yeah. Parent Compass. And we ask parents about 25 questions that we call kind of, you need to look backwards in order to look forwards that re-examine their past pretty okay. closely. And we say, if you have a partner or a spouse or another parent you're raising your child with, do it together and you know, each of you do it. But then there's only one page in the entire book where we invite the teens in. And we created a question list for them. And I tell parents, here's what we recommend you do. And our, we have so many friends and colleagues who have done this and they say it works. So here's a tangible step that parents can do. Fill out your own questionnaire. Find a moment when your kid is not on social media and when they're hungry, make something yummy <laughs> and say, son or daughter, 
can I please, child, my child, whatever you call them, teen, son, daughter, you, they, hey, whatever. I don't mean to be gender stereotypical at all. <laughs> yes. um, my child, can we sit down for five minutes so you can help me be a better parent? Yeah. And they suddenly go, what? And you say, yep, I want to do better. I'm reading this book and it's not, doesn't have all the answers, but it has a lot of things that I think I could do better. And the way I can do better is if you could take a moment to answer these questions and we can have a conversation so we can kind of be on the same page and I can figure out what are the things that I'm doing that are helpful to you and what are the things that I'm doing that I should try to work on eliminating. And, you know, that way we can have better communication about it. And honestly, when kids and teens feel like their parents are kind of getting down low in the weeds with them and feeling like I want to do better, they kind of are surprised. Like, oh, they by, are. And right they're up. willing to meet you. Yeah. So when we're making them do all the changing, they're pushing, they're just like moving backwards, right? Right. But when we meet them halfway and yep. say, we're going to do some work too, guess what? They meet us halfway. And so Dr. K, yes. Yes. So what? So I agree. We're on the same page. So what's your answer? What's your, you know, when you said, I know what I would say to that question, you know, I, I'm curious and it yeah. probably lines up. Well, a lot of what you said, the other really big thing that I try to explain, which is, is hard for parents too, because it, it means letting go is that if we don't give them the opportunity to take ownership now, which means ownership to fail, they're never going to develop these skills. So the very right. thing that we fear we're creating by macromanaging them right now. Yes, so that's very, very common. them up not to be able to manage themselves moving forward because right now during adolescence is when their brain is primed to learn this stuff. So right. we've got to let them in. They're safe because we're here. So right. if that's we don't right. give them the opportunity to fail without criticism and judgment, to fail in order for them to learn how to do it next, yep. it's like falling off your bike. How many times did yeah. you fall off your bike before you rode? Let them do that because ultimately they'll develop their skills. And <clears throat> I mean, as a mom of a teen, I do this all the time and I'm just blown away by the skills that my daughter has that has nothing to do it with works. That, by the it way. Works. They, it works. Isn't it crazy it, how it just, works? Yeah. And the confidence <clears throat> and self-esteem she has yeah. because she's able to do these things for herself and for me, by the way, phenomenal. Right, right. But it required letting her fail. At yeah, it. and it, and it requires that pulling back, which is so hard to do, right? I yeah. mean, it is hard for us to kind of let go. And yet if we don't let go and let them experience those things and let them learn the grit and learn the resilience and let them struggle doing hard things. I mean, that's yeah. the other piece. So my co-author, Jen Curtis, tells a wonderful story. She has much younger kids and she talks about watching them tie her tie their shoes. Yeah. And she's like, oh my God, I just want to tie the shoes yeah. so we can get out the door. And she's watching them and the bunny ears and they're trying, they're trying and either they get it or they don't get it. But when they do, even if it's halfway, uh, you know, like if we don't let them learn to tie their shoes, like, what are you going to do? Tie their shoes when they go to college? You know? Exactly. So exactly. anyway, so watching yeah. them do hard things and, and, and watching them fail at times is, you know, is, is part of it. And when they fail, knowing when you say that they were there, we're not there to really catch them as much as be shoulder to shoulder with them to say, Oh, you know, I'm so sorry. You're hurting. I, and you can even say, I remember when something like this happened to me and even give an example and say, you know, what can I do for you? Do you, 
do you want to hug? Do you just want me to listen? You know, would advice be helpful? Like, where, where are you in this? And let them guide you in how you parent that, that yeah. failure or that mistake or, or that upset. Yeah. Um, you know, cause we, we all know, I mean, look, we're adults. The other piece I always say to parents is you have been a teen. We had our turn. It's not our turn anymore. Right? Like we had our turn to either make the mistakes or maybe our parents were making the mistakes that influenced us, but now we have to pass the baton and let them have their turn to kind of do those things and feel the highs and feel the lows. Yeah, so. that, that is so true. It, it is their life. And I think we often as parents approach it as we know best. We've been through it. We know best. But truth be told, we don't. Our kids know better what they need, not us. Yeah. They no, really I think that's do. a good point. And they try to tell us all the time. And if it doesn't align with, with what we believe they need, we shut it down and we right. say they're wrong. And that's when they get frustrated. When we actually listen to what they need and we help yep. them, then we're setting them up to succeed. If we're yep. telling them what they need to succeed, we're shutting them down and we're setting them up to fear failure. Right. Well, that's where that other disconnect happens. For example, when our kids have interests that are very different from our own, mm-hmm. we don't understand or we can't relate to, instead of that creating a disconnect, like, I don't get it he's on video games all the time, or he's, she's, you know, obsessed with this social media platform, or he likes to, you know, go running and I'm not an exercise person or whatever it might be. That's different. Use that as a parent, as an opportunity to let your kids teach you. Why, why does that excite you? Show me how you play this game. Why do you like this platform? Like, what do you watch on it? Or what show are they watching on TV? Watch it with them and then ask them about it. So so hook into what their interests are yes. and let them, let them be the teacher and let them be the big guy to say, well, let me show you something kind of cool. And whether it interests you or not, whether you think it's a totally useless waste of time or whatever, that's not, that's not to be shared. <laughs> What's to no. be shared is that you see them and you appreciate that they have something that they can bring to the table, whatever it is, be excited about their interests instead of going the other way. I, I always, I love sharing this one story because um, my daughter and I both are Broadway geeks. So that actually works oh, out well same. for us. Same, uh, we you, have that in common. Oh, my yeah. daughter and I too, so obsessed. We, we, before the pandemic, we were waiting in line, freezing cold weather to meet Jonathan Groff, who if you're a theater buff, you know who, if you don't, you don't, oh, but yes. that's okay. So we oh, were, yes. it was late at night. It was like midnight. It was freezing cold and snowing. I was not happy and I wanted to be there. And there was a dad standing next to me and I go, you know, waiting for his, his son was all excited about it and waiting for his son. And he just had like his baseball hat and he was just kind of like, you know, folding his arms. And I go, do you like, you know, wow, you're really here. You must be really dedicated to this. And he goes, no, I don't like Broadway at all, but I love my son that much. And I was like, man, I was struggling to be there. And I loved this stuff. He was there and did not like it at all because he knew how much his son loved it. I'm like, that's a great story. story. I will keep telling. He is, he is following his parent compass. That's all I can say. He definitely gets an A plus on that one. I mean, and that's the other thing. We don't get it all right. Of course we don't. We can't, how could we? Our kids don't, we don't, nobody gets it all right. But the parent compass, the goal of the book was really to say, you can read this book over the course of a weekend and here are practical, tangible steps. If you don't know the questions to ask, we have a list of questions. 
If you don't know how to watch your kids struggle, we're going to show you case studies where kids are yeah. struggling and how they come out the other side. Yeah. Um, we talk about our own mistakes. We use the data. We interviewed um, heads of school, college counselors, um, deans of admission, you know, all these educators and, and fellow parents. So we have this content that kind of spells it all out and says, just try it. Try some of it. Some of it's going to work for one for parenting one kid and some of it's going to work for parenting another. And it just sort of reminds you to like take this tool out of the toolbox and give it a go. And the greatest thing when you use that example was um, we were at a book club. Um, some some groups have chosen the Parent Compass as a book club read where they want to kind of improve their, their parent that. community, which we love. And, and Jen and I will zoom in and join the book club conversations. In fact, anyone who wants to even now just hop on our website and let us know when it is and we'll come. That's and awesome. this parent said that, you know, their daughter came home from school one day saying um, they were really unhappy with their after school activity, but they poked their head into the wrestling room at school and they saw people like, you know, all over the mats, like getting their aggression out. And she told her mom that just kind of looked fun and interesting. And the mom was like, oh, wow, that's like kind of intense, but okay, great. Yeah. And the daughter ended up leaving whatever her sport was that was making her miserable and joining the wrestling team. And um, the mom said it was like night and day, like oh. the light bulb went off. And so the mother was like, as hard as it was to watch, and I'm actually the parent of a wrestler. One of my kids wrestled. And yeah. it's, it's excruciating to yeah. watch your kid get twisted like a pretzel and shoved into a mat and all that other stuff or be on top doing that to someone else. But that being said, she said to hook into her daughter's interest, the fact that she went and she watched and she didn't know what she was looking at and she was just cheering and supporting and hugging and getting smelly Aww, along with yeah. her daughter changed everything, everything about their relationship. So, so I agree. I think that dad did great. And I love that you guys share that love. That's so much fun. We'll have to talk offline more about that <laughs> yeah, because exactly. we're, we're oh, super boy. Broadway geeky. Super. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is our life right now. So I think, so, you know, Cindy, tell us something because again, and one thing I want to throw out because usually parents will be like, well, I have the one exception. My child is the one exception that this won't work for. That right. is not true. This work, this is not, this is, this, there's, there's not an exception right here, right? You, there, there's not. So um, in terms of needing to understand and let your child lead what is most important to them, I think that is, that is the story. But Cindy, what is like one key takeaway you want to make sure parents walk away with from this? So a key takeaway, there's, there's several kind of, um, I think, sort of special quotes, but I think this one really works the best for exactly what we were talking about today. So I might have to say it twice because it takes a okay. minute for it to sink in. So it's to appreciate the child you have in front of you, not the one you are trying to inauthentically create. Yeah. Appreciate the child in front of you, not the one you're trying to inauthentically create. Somehow the college admission scandal parents got so far out of whack and so many helicopter, tiger, militaristic, whatever we want to call it, these parenting labels that have been put on us, competitive parents, whatever we call them, are, are really doing it wrong. And the reason it's called wrong is because it's at a disservice to their child. And it's yes. not appreciating that individual kid that they get to wake up every day with all those hormones raging and pimples popping and whatever it is. And they're allowed to reinvent themselves every day. And they yeah. often do. The child that yeah. left for school in the morning isn't always the child that comes home at the end of the day for better and for worse. Yeah. So as they're going through this explosion, this evolution of middle and high school, which to me, I have dedicated my life and career to working with teens and tweens. I, I think it's the greatest. 
I mean, I loved having little kids, but I really couldn't wait for them to be teenagers. And a lot of parents go, what? Like, are yeah, you crazy? I love, I love and I just, I too. love it. I love how much growth is happening so quickly. I love how they are finding their own voice. I love hearing what that voice is they're finding and asking it questions and then doing what you talk about and what we talk about in the parent compass about really trying to listen. And yeah. that's been my hardest thing as a parent, because I am a talker, as you can tell by nature. And so to learn to zip my lip and to learn to just reflect back and to say, mm-hmm, and tell me more. And those kinds of things, you know, we, we have a chapter in the Parent Compass on that too, how to be a better listener. So those are the things that, that I will continue to work on in my yeah. parenting and in my marriage and all those ways, um, maybe for the rest of my life. But I think that we have to look at them and just appreciate who they are and know that these are, these are hard years and they're made worse and more challenging by, by COVID and the aftershocks of COVID. And um, we are all getting through this tunnel together. And um, I just encourage parents to be brave and be willing to try something new when you're stuck and when it's not working. And that's what your show so beautifully does. I mean, review after review and listen after listen. Your show is helping equip, you know, all of us with some tools that we can try. They're not all going to work, but we can yeah. try. And, and we owe it to our kids and we owe it to ourselves to do better, right? Like a lot exactly. of friends say, I'm a crappy Parents will say, I'm a bad parent. I'm a crappy parent. I don't know, whatever it is, what it is. It's not what it is. I mean, you, everyone can self-improve. It's just a choice that we make and everyone can eat the chocolate brownie too. And yeah. I often do, I often do that uh, as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think the thing is too, it's not just for your kids. Like you were saying, it is for you because I mean, as you and I are talking, it's like this time of our child's life is a period of time that I try treasure and I will remember forever and ever with really fond memories I want that for other parents I don't want right? them to think back and say this was a sucky time that we barely survived I want this also to be for everyone this mm -hmm. is a time where me and my child actually really our relationship really grew well and that's the word so um Dr. Dan Peters interviewed us a long time ago or I don't know a year ago when our book first came out um, on, on his podcast. And he said something that has stuck with me since then. And he, it's not even his words. He says he heard it from another therapist along the way or another presenter, but it is that, that once your kids leave home, all that's left, not the grades and the scores and the ribbons and the awards. And it's that all that remains is the relationship. Yep. That's it. So yeah. they have left your home and gone on to continue their journey and hopefully we'll come back for visits often, <laughs> as often yeah. as we'll have them. They may even come back and live with us for a while in the world we live in. But, but that relationship, that is exactly what we're building right now. That's what we're working towards. And, and I think if we're honest with them and we say, we, we want to do better too, like we, we, we feel bad. Sorry, I yelled. Sorry, I this. Sorry, I snapped. Whatever. I, I want to do it differently next time. Can you help me? Yeah, it makes a huge difference. So I know we've covered a lot today, I but know, I feel like we've packed it in. It's all so important. So before we go, please share with us how we find your book and your website and you. So much. So it's called the book is called The Parent Compass, and if you just Google The Parent Compass, you'll find us. But our website is parentcompassbook.com. Our Instagram is at Parent Compass, and on Twitter we're at Parent Compass One. And on Facebook, we're at The Parent Compass. So we're even on LinkedIn. So you can find us kind of anywhere you, you type in the word The Parent Compass. You'll, you'll find us. And our podcast together will live forever on our website. So anyone who goes to our website will, will be able to find this too if they, and, and find it, obviously, in all the other places that we find Dr. Camp. 
And I will have links, all the links you just shared in the show notes so people can find you very easily. Perfect. Thank you so much for, you, for the conversation. I, I wish we lived closer because I think oh, we'd have a good time together. We could do Broadway. <laughs> Catch a Broadway show. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, parents, you. for taking time out of your busy day to spend with us. I really appreciate you, too. If you want to learn more about how to help your teens thrive, you can grab my top 10 secrets for raising teens at askdrcam.com slash parenting tips. Until next time, have a peaceful, positive, calm day. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today on Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. Make sure to visit my website, www.askdrcam.com where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show again. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, and hey, why not share it with a friend too? Be sure to tune in to my next episode. And remember, parenting teens may not be easy, but with my help, it can be a whole lot easier than this.